Say goodbye to things scattered, stressed, and the last minute scrambles to fund your real estate deals. If you're ready to stop chasing leads, endlessly connecting on Facebook, social media, and Zoom, just to pitch your stuff to anything that moves and breathes, listen up. The Daily Investor Lead Flow is finally here. This tool has forever helped us pinpoint where to focus our capital raising efforts and where to free our time and energy. Head over to dailyinvestorleadflow.com to discover how much of a game changer it can be for you. The Daily Investor Lead Flow literally changed everything for us. Now you can finally have the opportunity to take back your time and get your life back. Remember those times you reached out to investors and heard nothing back? Those days are coming to an end. This tool will zoom out, highlighting all the gaps. It will also zoom in, removing all the guesswork from prioritizing your efforts. Plus, it will help set clear expectations for your business and ensure that your capital raising strategies are assets, not liabilities. Don't wait, take the daily lead flow by going to dailyinvestorleadflow.com. That's dailyinvestorleadflow.com. Your future self will forever thank you. Have you ever been curious what we're like behind the scene? Well, pull a chair and find out on our brand new The Kitty Sisters TV channel on YouTube. It's full of awesome tips about apartment investing, paying less taxes legally, and finding financial freedom. And like never before, you actually get to see how we make real life magic happens for our passive investor. Once you're there, don't forget to click the like, subscribe, and hit the bell icon. Again, that's The Kitty Sisters TV on YouTube. Is commercial real estate CRE headed for failure? Well, the answer depends on who you ask. Take for example, our friends at Moody's Analytics, more on them later. In case you missed the drama recently, there's been extensive media coverage about the possible failure of commercial real estate due to factors such as high interest rates, inadequate loan arrangements, and reduced rental income. And we find ourselves wondering, is this accurate or just another example of sensationalism by the media to increase their click-through rates? Today, we're gonna look at an article from Moody Analytics that talks all things CRE and break down our own thoughts on this meaty topic. Let's get into it. Hey, I'm Palmy. And I'm Nancy. And together we make the Kitty Sisters. We are apartment syndication experts, entrepreneurs, and real estate investors. 10 years ago, we made a change in our financial futures by ditching the 9 to 5. Discover the joy and security in making money while we sleep. We made this podcast to help high-level entrepreneurs secure their financial future while paying virtually zero tax by utilizing apartment syndication. And we're going to show you how. This is Cashflow Multipliers, the podcast dedicated to your financial freedom for the lifestyle you deserve. You might be wondering, who the heck is Moody's Analytics? No, they aren't Moody people who works in analytics. Moody Analytics is a company that does economics, research, credit risk evaluation, and provides financial modeling tools. They help businesses and investors make smart decisions by providing support for things like strategic planning, investment analysis, and risk management. So when the people over at Moody's having something to say, we tend to listen. Great, now that we know who's Moody's Analytics, before we dive any deeper, let's get something clear up. Commercial real estate actually includes a lot of things, including office spaces, warehouse, retail, and multifamily properties. They're pretty much different, right? Yes, they're totally different beasts, right? So like office CRE is mostly made of buildings designed for businesses like corporate centers and office buildings. Like, I mean, think guys, like we work. Yeah, and stuff like the Apple building or like Merrill Lynch or any of those big buildings, right? So office CRE guys make money by leasing out their office spaces and demands can really be affected by economy and the overall business trends. 
Good point. Point. It's really important that you know that it's not the same thing as multifamily apartments. Yeah, clearly different. So let's switch up our talks to multifamily commercial real estate, which includes things like residential apartments, buildings that are meant for multiple families or individual renters. Yep. Instead of leasing office spaces, these properties make money from rent paid by tenants. Yeah, people who are living in these places, right? So yeah, they're usually more stable because obviously people need a place to live, no matter what's going on in the economy. Plus, they're not as affected by changes in technology. Or remote works trends like office CRE might be. Other buzz that you may be hearing news recently is discussion about commercial real estate CRE markets reliance on bank lending, especially small to medium-sized banks. Some people have been saying that regional banks make up around 65 to 80 percent of all CRE lending, which has caused some concerns about potential liquidity issues and debt availability for new borrowers. Yeah, but. It turns out that CRE lending landscape is much more diverse than initially thought. Well, banks are generally the largest lenders in the United States, accounting for 38.6% of CRE lending. Regional banks hold only 13.8% of those total. In fact, Palm, the top 25 largest banks hold 12.1%. Community banks hold around 9.6 percent, and the remaining 3.2 percent is spread among very small local banks. So it's not all in the shoulders of regional banks, as the media might have been portraying, right? We bet you didn't know that the reported dependence of commercial real estate CRE market on regional bank lending has been somewhat exaggerated. <laughs> no surprise there, right? One reason for this is the changes that have been made by the Federal Reserve's stress test limits back in 2018. These changes now only applies to banks with asset over two. 250 billion, which means that smaller banks with less than 250 billion dollars in assets, including thousands of small banks, represent only 29.9 percent of CRE debt. Wow, CRE debt. That's very small, right? That's quite a much lower number than previously reported figures of like 65 to 80 percent, obviously. Okay, so it's possible that the higher percentages were meant to describe the share of bank held CRE debt under 250 billion dollars. Now, however. This doesn't paint an accurate picture of the overall lending sources available to CRE borrowers. Not at all. So it's important to take these things into account when considering the actual reliance of the CRE market on regional bank lending. Another thing to think about is that the banks have a potential concern aside from the depositors' run and liquidity issues. One of them is the stress that troubled commercial real estate loans could put on their balance sheet. This stress could potentially create a negative feedback loop, where declining CRE values would stain bank balance sheets, resulting in reduced CRE lending and further price drops. But we have some good news here. Although troubled commercial real estate loans could potentially create a negative feedback loop, like Nanda said, it's not most likely going to be the outcome of the moment. Right. This is because compared to pre-global financial crisis GFC levels, CRE loan leverage and asset pricings has been relatively conservative. And that's a good sign. Plus, borrowers of CRE loans have options to refinance with non-banking lenders, and this is even more important during like major CRE downturns. Banks' overall exposure to CRE is actually pretty low, especially among the largest banks. Now, some small to mid-sized banks do have concentrated CRE exposure,、mm -hmm. which is why it's important to keep an eye on these individual banks as the CRE credit cycle progresses. But overall, things are looking good, and the situation is under control. Are banks facing a liquidity crush? 
Well, yeah, that's a lot of a lot on a lot of people's mind, right? Speaking of the surprising facts, certain financial stress indicators for the overall banking system actually is better today than it was pre-global financial crisis period of 2008 to 2010. That's definitely a positive sign. So, guys, keep in mind, while it's not likely that we'll see a widespread liquidity crisis in the banking industry, lender may still be cautious and tighten their underwriting standards for new commercial real estate loans. They want to protect themselves against potential downside risk, which makes sense. So we might see some changes in the underwriting process for new CRE loans. But this actually means good news for multifamily apartment investor, right, Pom? Yes, with lenders being more cautious about commercial real estate loans, they're only going to approve loans for the top-tier properties. The reason why that's a good thing is because it means that these properties have undergone even greater scrutiny from both the general partner and the lender. Of course, no investment is completely risk-free, but this extra level of scrutiny can definitely give us more confidence in the investment. So, if you're a multifamily apartment investor, you can take some comfort in knowing that the properties you're investing in have been thoroughly vetted and less likely to encounter issues down the line. Who has the highest CRA debt on their balance sheet, Nan? Hmm. You might also be surprised to learn that when it comes to commercial real estate. Community banks actually have the highest average direct exposure. Yeah, it's true. In fact, significant share of regional and small banks also have good amount of exposure to CRE. Surprisingly, though, the 25 largest banks have very low share of direct exposure to CRE. Palm is interesting to see how the different sizes of bank vary in their involvement with commercial real estate. When it comes to these large banks, only 4.3% of their total assets are in CRE. However, if you include indirect Exposure such as non-income generating owner-occupied CRE and unfunded construction loan commitments, the total exposure increases to 6.8%. In contrast, the insurance industry has a higher exposure to CRE loans, around 8.3%, with some large life insurers even over 20%. Hmm. Different industries and sectors have varying levels of involvement with CRE. But when it comes to the direct CRE exposure, community banks definitely take the lead, with over 24% of their total assets invested in CRE. Well, why is this significant, right? Well, this is significant considering there are 829 community banks with assets ranging from 1 billion to 10 billion dollars, which helps to limit some um, what is it called? Um, systemic risk. Systematic risk. Yeah, systemic risk. Yeah. So large regional banks with over 10 billion to 160 billion in assets also have a significant exposure, but it's lower. It's at 16.5 percent. That's good point, Palm. Different sizes and types of banks approach investing in CRE in different ways, which is useful knowledge for you to put in your pocket. Another thing that we learned from our friends at Moody's Analytics is that the value of commercial real estate have actually been on the rise from 2013 through 2018. What's interesting about this is that the increase in value has been supported by actual revenue growth. Unlike the pre-GFC era, when values were often based on performer rent growth expectations or equity market price to earnings ratio that were not closely tied to asset revenue. That's a great point, Nan. Nowadays, CRE is often considered a favored investment sector as an inflation hedge backed by real, scarce, income-generating assets. What does that mean? Well, it means that investors see CRE as a safe investment that can help protect against inflation because it's backed by actual revenue growth from these valuable assets. Speaking of growth, there's consistent tangible rent growth by the core CRE property types from 2013 through 2022. The rent growth has been particularly strong for multifamily apartments and industrial 
assets, which is supporting higher values upon loan refinancing in 2023 and 2024. And even though office and retail properties are currently facing some existential credit concerns, they have experienced positive rent growth as well. It's great to see that despite challenge faced by these property types, there are still some growth happening. However, there are some poorly performing assets that has been flat or negative property income growth. This could cause some challenges for borrowers of these properties, especially if their loans mature in the next few years. It's important to keep an eye on these poorly performing assets and make sure that they're being managed properly to minimize any potential risk. According to many analytics, the robust increase in commercial real estate values from 2013 to 2018 to 2023 was not primarily due to the cap rate compression. Cap rate compression occurs when the cap rate or capitalization rate decreases, which means the value of the property increases. However, it seems like this wasn't the main driver for increase in CRE values during this period of time. In equity markets, price multiples can become super high relative to CRE pricing. This means that investors might be paying more for a share in a company than they would for a piece of CRE. But even though CRE is typically a highly financed asset class, investors have been playing it safe and underwriting conservatively with unlevered yield, aka cap rate, over the past decade. Essentially, they're taking a more cautious approach when it comes to investing in CRE. But don't worry, this doesn't mean that investing in CRE isn't exciting or lucrative. There's still plenty of opportunity for growth and returns and take a more conservative approach can actually provide a more stable investment environment. It's amazing to see how the commercial real estate market is constantly evolving and how investors like us are adapting to current economics climate. Let's talk about the commercial real estate sector and its lending. There's good news and some challenges ahead, but don't worry, it's not all doom and gloom. On the positive side, on average, there are multiple credits processes that suggest that any down cycle for the commercial real estate sector and its lenders will be manageable. Plus, both the sector and its lenders are in better shape now than before the GFC. Yeah, with that said, it doesn't mean that we won't have some tough times in the next year or so. With significant loan maturity approaching, many borrowers may struggle to refinance or may ultimately default on their loans. This is especially true for maturing office loans, where we're already seeing some trouble, right, Pom? Yeah, in fact, we expect around 40% of those borrowers in the office space to, that they'll need extra equity liquidity in order to successfully refinance in the next couple of years. Of course, the challenges ahead will vary widely depending on the asset types, quality, and locations. Yeah, but it's important to remember that the challenge also means opportunity for those who are well-prepared and adaptable. So let's keep an eye on the CRE sector and see how it evolves in the next year or so. Well, there you have it. The commercial real estate market isn't as scary as some people make it out to be, right, Pom? Mm -hmm. Despite some concern about its potential impact on banks and broader economy, there are actually many factors that contribute to the stability of the market. For one, conservative underwriting practices means that the lenders are less likely to take on the loan risk and a healthy cap rate spread. The difference between the property's net operating income and its cost helps ensure that the property are generating enough revenue to cover their expenses. Another factor that helps to mitigate risk is the diverse lending landscape. Unlike during the pre-GFC era, where banks were the primary source of CRE financing, now there's there are many different types of lenders, from community banks to insurance companies. This means that if one type of lenders run into trouble, it is less likely to have a ripple effect across the entire market. 
Of course, there are still some challenges and risks ahead, particularly with loans maturity coming up in the next few years or two. But even then, the number of challenges will vary widely depending on the types of asset, again, the location and the quality of the loan. So in the end, it's important to keep things in perspective and not get too caught up in the sensational headlines. CRE market is far from perfect, but it's also more resilient than you might think. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys, and exploring the world of commercial real estate. We know it's not always the most exciting topic, but we hope we made a little more fun and informative for you all. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out our other episodes and share them with your friends and family. We love spreading the word and getting more people interested in multifamily apartments. Absolutely. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the future, do not hesitate to reach out. We're always happy to hear from you guys, right, Palm? Yes, absolutely. And help demystify the world of multifamily apartment investing. Until next time, cash multipliers. We can't wait to begin this journey with you check us out at thekittysisters.com slash podcast.